Welcome to Word Alive. Today we're so glad you joined us. We'd like to continue on the resurrection of Christ. And today I'd like for us to look at He is our hope because of the resurrection. We'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. Now he's saying here that he was uh, the last that seen Christ out of the apostles, but this was the Damascus Road experience that he had, and he seen a great light that day, and then he was blinded, but he had, an ex he had a supernatural experience with Jesus. He had an encounter with God. But he's saying here, that he's seen Jesus, but also that Jesus is our hope. Because it's through him that he took away our sins. He rose again the third day. He was buried, rose again, and then he was seen by the twelve. So that means that he was not only buried, but went to hell for us and paid the penalty of sin for us, but he was raised from the dead and he was seen by the twelve, or the twelve apostles. Then he was seen by Paul on the Damascus Road experience. And he became a believer that very day and that very second. Now let's look at verse 12. And let's understand that since Christ was raised from the dead, that he is our hope, that he uh, died, he went to hell, he was raised from the dead on the third day, then he was seen by uh, over 500 people after the apostles, the 12 seen him, and, and then by Paul. But you know, Christ is our hope because of the resurrection. Verse 12. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Now there are some sects, some religious circles that say there is no resurrection of the dead. Some say, well, when you'll die, you just go return back to the dust, and then there'll be uh, a few people that will make it to heaven. But you know, this is what Paul was saying concerning this. I'm going to start at verse 12 again and read again. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So he's saying if we, if he's not raised from the dead, then our preaching, we might as well not have even done it because there's nothing to it. It's empty. There's not one thing to it if Jesus didn't uh, raise from the dead or rise from the dead. Verse 15. Yes, and we are found faith, false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. 
So this tells me that the resurrection of Christ means that we're no longer in our sins, but we are raised up in him, with him, and we're in him. Amen? Verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. He says that they're not, they have perished or they are not in heaven. They are gone to hell. I mean, there's nothing to it. If, you're, if he didn't get raised from the dead, then we are in a bad situation. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He said Christ is risen from the dead. And we don't have to wonder if our gospel is lifeless or powerless, but it is full of power. It is full of life because the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. He said everybody, because of Adam's fall, they all died spiritually. Amen. Even so in Christ all shall be made alive. We're all been made alive spiritually. And we are raised with him. Verse 23, but each on his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are in are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, that's physical death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he puts all things under him is accepted. That means that God's not under his feet, but all things, everything else is. Verse 28. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will all be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So in other words, Jesus is raised from the dead and seated in a place of authority. But he has to reign until every enemy's been put under his foot. And that means even physical death. And that will happen during the resurrection of the body of Christ. Or when every person at the rapture is raised from the dead, they'll be the ones that have already gone on before us. And they will come back and they will get their body out of the grave and they'll have a glorified body then those that remain shall also have a glorified body and will be raised up and be uh, have a glorified body as christ jesus does at his coming but if he hadn't been raised from the dead then none of that could happen not one thing the resurrection of christ was the most it was the most powerful thing that god ever did because of the work that he did through Christ. It had to be done through him. And because it was done through him, he allowed us to be in him. And since we are in Christ, then we're seated in heavenly places in him. And we're no longer the same. We're new creatures created in Christ Jesus. And since we're new creatures, then we are born again in his likeness. And we were raised to a place of power as he was. And he said, you can use my name. 
And when he let us use his name, then when we speak the name of Jesus, it's as presenting all that he is. All that he is. Because we're in him, and when we speak forth the name of Jesus, all demons in hell, every devil and demon spirit, and Satan himself trembles in his in his shoes because he cannot stand the name of Jesus because he knows that he was defeated and that he is risen from the dead and seated at that place of authority. Now see, Satan, he tried to exalt himself against above God, but Jesus came and stripped all that power away from him after he gave Adam gave it away. He took all the power that Satan took away from Adam, gave it back to the church, and he said, no one will ever take it away again. You are born again. You're a child of God. You're an heir, a joint heir with Christ. You're no longer the same. When you die physically and go to heaven, you'll be in heaven itself rejoicing in the most exalted place there is anywhere, a place of peace and joy and love. There is no enemy. It's only love, a place of pure love. It's what I would explain heaven to be, a place of pure love. And that's it. That's the best I think is the best way you could explain heaven. Now, we are be walking on the streets of gold in the throne of God was uh, made out of precious jewels and all that. But the most precious thing in heaven is love because God is love. Amen. Now, we have to understand that since we're raised with Christ and we're seated in Him, that we no longer have to worry about battles here upon this earth. There might be battles that come, but you know most of the battles that come upon mankind is because you commit sins and things like that, and it gives the devil a place to try to come against you, to try to condemn you, so that you won't walk in the fullness of what God has uh, done for you. But when you confess that sin, God automatically forgives you that very second. You're right back in fellowship with Him. You're seated right there in that place of heavenly uh, authority that then you're never taken out of that place. You might just lose some uh, some fellowship for a time, but you're seated in that place and you can't be taken out of it unless you remove yourself by denying God Almighty and saying, I long, no longer want to have anything to do with you. Then you can remove yourself, but you're seated in that place of authority in Christ Jesus at all times. It just means that the battles that we fight here upon this earth are battles of sin, to, and uh, the enemy will try to tempt you to commit the same sins that, uh, that Adam and Eve did. He has the same tactics, but it's just that maybe a different thing. But you know, when you do, you can automatically get back into fellowship with God. It doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It doesn't mean you lost anything. It just means that you can get back into fellowship with God by asking Him to forgive you, and you're right back into that place. You see, sometimes the enemy will try to bring condemnation on you and put you into a place of thinking that that's greater than the resurrection of Christ. But it's not. There's nothing greater than the resurrection of Christ. When He raised Christ from the dead, you were raised with Him. You were seated together with Him. There is nothing greater, and we cannot allow anything to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's the reason it says in uh, Corinthians 
that we have to cast down every thought, every imagination, bring all thoughts into captivity into Christ and under the anointing of God and bring every thought captive to Christ Jesus and understand what Christ has done for us. Then when the enemy tries to put these thoughts in your mind, you're no good, you've sinned, you've done this, you've done that, then you say, I am resurrected with Christ, I'm forgiven of every sin, I'm seated in a place of authority, and devil, you shut up. Sin no longer has a hold on me because I am raised up with him, I'm seated together with him, and I will not allow anything in my life except the resurrecting power of God. That's how you defeat him. Don't allow him to pull you down out of that place. But live your life in that place. You have to live in that place. Stay there. Don't get out of it. Stay in that place of authority. Live in that place. I have a message called, Where Do You Live? I admonish you to find that on our podcast and listen to that as well. It will help you. Where do you live? We have to live in that place. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I believe that you... uh, have got a greater understanding of what the resurrection is and who we are in Him. If you would like to support our ministry, you can become a partner by clicking the support link in the description. You can also give by going to our website, wacba.org, and clicking on the giving tab. Thank you so much for supporting us to help us send the gospel around the world through our podcast. We pray God's blessings be upon you abundantly, and we thank you so much in Jesus' name.